Let's Get Ready podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Spagnoli, and I am so excited to finally get to talk to my next guest. He is the skincare founder of Josh Rosebrook. Josh Rosebrook. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Marissa. This is so wonderful to be here. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, well, we go way back, even though you might not know about that. Um, we'll get into my <laughs> traumatizing experience in a minute, but I kind of want to get into our favorite Josh Rosebrook products, and then I'll start to ask you some questions. Yes, let's do it. Amazing. So what are you using today? Okay, so I use a lot every single day, and that's not overdoing it. It's because the products are designed to get into your skin, and we have to get all of these things into our skin every day to support our skin health and beauty. So um, usually in the morning, I don't cleanse. I just do a light refresh of the hydrating accelerator and then I let it absorb for a second and then I wipe off the excess and it's kind of like just a hydrating mist cleanse just to get whatever dust might be on my face from sleeping over the night so what I do immediately yeah so I like to do that because I don't struggle with um, excessively oily skin so I don't really necessarily need to cleanse in the morning Um, and it's quick and easy and refreshing so I mist with the hydrating accelerator I wipe away the excess with a cloth and then actually I usually acid tone in the morning so the next step do you do that I did that this morning I I brought it just as an honorable mention but I did that this morning and it was the first time I used it I was like oh Oh, I'm silky smooth I'm so happy to hear that. 2021 New Beauty Award winning Best Exfoliating Toner winner. Hi. Hi. Think Icon. of this product. <laughs> <laughs> Icon. This is, think of this product as a four in one. It is a multi functioning acid toner, hydrator, and a concentrated serum, pH balancing toner. So it's incredible the multifunction of it all. So I'll go in with this. I do do it pretty much every day. The beauty about this product is its ability to work at different speeds and depths in a gentle way, but then also very high performance and it's difficult to overuse it, especially if you're tuning into your skin as you should when as you should when you're toning, when you're exfoliating and using retinoids in that phase. So I will go in with this pretty much every day. Incredible brightening, nourishing, plumping, pH optimizing exfoliating it's my favorite product (laughs) i can tell Um, i can see why (laughs) so and if there's a lot of value to it too you know there's 35 dollars for 3.3 ounces and it lasts for a long time and then i go straight into the hydrating accelerator again so i then do a full hydration phase miss 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 it's it's the best miss like Oh. The stream is amazing. It just covers your entire face. I loved it. I'm so happy you I'm love it. I'm picky on it's that. Still, oh, I'm so happy. We really defined ourselves about 10 years ago by introducing the hydrating accelerator before people really knew the difference between your hydrating water fluid getting in the skin and then your moisturizer and really helping educate and pioneer that philosophy forward. And now it's a very well-known way to support your skin function, but hydrating accelerator. I'm so happy about that. Um, so I'll miss hydrating accelerator pretty liberally. And yeah. then I like to the way I, I don't just like to mist it and then move on. I like to mist it and then pat it in. And then as soon as it is absorbed into the skin where it's not completely absorbed, but mostly absorbed, then I go immediately in with my next phase. And that would be Seabright Complex. Yes. My favorite vitamin C currently. I'm Uh, iffy on them. Like I like them. I don't, this you see a difference with. I loved it. I waited for today to use it. Obsessed. Oh, I'm so glad. It really is hydrating, but honestly, we put so much research and development into this, and it was really just following the leader, which was, um, for the most part, vitamin C. It was CE Ferulic, and we wanted to create a really dynamic, better, and even more cost-effective formulation. So we have two vitamin C complexes. We use pure L-ascorbic acid, supported by golden glutathione, ferulic, and E, and ethyl ascorbic acid, Azelaic acid and licorice for brightening. So it's just packed and I couldn't be more proud of it. And it's $65 for such an advanced C serum. So I go in with that, boom, one pump. 
bring it all down. And then I immediately go in with my active infusion oil and that's on my retinoid. Okay. And that gives the oil balance. This is an awesome product. It has hydroxypenicolone retinoid, which is a really advanced retinoic acid ester. And we boost that with vitamin C and it's in an oil balance. And it's actually the highest concentration of retinoid for that form that you can get into a bottle legally. Wow. So it's very potent. But it's also buffered with this with the oils of rosehip seed oil, jojoba, hemp seed oil, seed buckthorn, and then we have fresh made extracts in house for these. That's with all of our products. I don't know if you're aware of that. Everything from the tinted nutrient day cream, which you love, yeah. to <laughs> to all of the products we make the herbal extracts in house, fresh for each batch. So it's like every two weeks, so it's a very nutrient dense, like hands on artisan herbalist approach to creating really effective skin care and this contains chaga mushroom ashwagandha it's incredible so and i'll show you yes. it's this it's a beautiful bright orange Ooh, it's, it's like just so gold yes it is <laughs> and it's so dense with um with um retinoic acid ester which is only requires one conversion into the skin versus retinoid which requires two so it works faster so i love it that's interesting. Oh, I, I can't imagine. All of your products smell really good. Um, but I <laughs> had no idea about what you were just saying about the batches. It's kind of nice that it's not just mass produced and then you order yes. it and that's what it is. It's nice to hear that these things are just, there's time Thank taken you. in them. I had no idea. Well, and I talk about it a lot when I do educations and trainings and events because it's really important, but it's obviously something that we can't put on the bottle so people don't know. And then not everybody knows. And it's really important because it's one of those things where I say we're an integrity-driven brand. It's because there are things that we do that are more time-consuming, that are more costly, and that make it an extremely better product. But People don't know. And, and so we have to share that and call ourselves an education-driven brand because there's many times where I couldn't even find manufacturers to create my products. Um, and I do work with two cosmetic chemists and an herbalist as well. It's not just me. But I couldn't find manufacturers to create the products because um, they wouldn't make the extracts fresh in-house. But I know from my experience, I've been doing this for 20 years, is that it doesn't make a better product when you don't use fresh extracts. And they have to be done differently everything you know these are really powerful plants that have nutrient density and we want them in our skin and to support the you know the biomimetic ingredients like the retinoids and the acids in the sea it makes a really powerful synergistic formulation and that's that's what i've always um created and that's what one of the standards that i have is making those fresh extracts every two weeks we make these like we don't even make them wow. every month it's like so often so thanks for highlighting that yes yeah and i'll be highlighting that later too because that is so interesting just to hear how it's difficult that sounds like a difficult process like you were just saying so it, it is that's something that we just don't know so i'm i'm excited to hear more yeah. um, and then what are we finishing off with okay so now we're nearing the end yeah. <laughs> and that There's would so be <laughs> So after the active infusion oil with the retinoid and vitamin C and chaga mushroom extract, I go straight into my ultra peptide cream. And this is I'm phenomenal. Like halfway done with it. It is amazing. I love this. This is one of my new favorite products. I am so I happy that spoon. you would love it. Isn't that nice? The little the, copper spoon. The little spoon. And the texture of this is so different because it, it feels like a serum. You know what I mean? It doesn't yes. feel like a cream, but it's so hydrating. And after I'm like it, so plump, it's oh amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that you love it as much as I do, because let me tell you this. I am obsessed with peptides. They are phenomenal. There is so much science behind them and they are incredible, but they do have to be formulated correctly and you do have to choose the right ones because peptides are not all the same and they all work in a different way where the ones that we choose, which you have six peptides in this product and they're all, they're all designed to work on the fibers of the skin, the collagen, the elastin to plump and support all the things that 
make that action in our healthy skin and improve our complexion and the structure. But I wanted to create a peptide product, but I just didn't want another boring, like clear serum that you just uh, put on and you're bored with it. They're boring. All about, yeah, exactly. So I'm all about the moment, the experience. We should be pausing. We should be taking in these products that we invest in and they should be a part of our vibe. And we need to, I wanted to create a product that that did that with peptides because most peptides are actually quite boring. And so I created a beautiful concentrated serum in a cream form. So you get to touch it and it has this beautiful silky dynamic feel and then the aroma and it absorbs instantly because really the idea of peptides or the design of a serum is just to get the active actives into your skin. Um, you know, it's not supposed to be anything more than that. We need to get them into our skin, but we still should enjoy it. Yes. So it's all part of the ritual, and I definitely agree that your yeah. products kind of make you sit for a second and just take in that moment and take, like you said, take in the products and have the whole experience. So thank you. I'm well, so glad you love it. <laughs> it means so much for somebody like you, especially who is so honest and so real and authentic, but yet you experience so many products. Like it, it means a lot because I know you don't say that about everything. <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely don't, but I. Like I was saying, I have been a fan of your brand since I was in college. So I don't know how many years ago that was, but not many. No way. But yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I was saying to Indy Lee, I found you and her through Folane. And I used to get these little, Folane used to have these like $25 kits. And I don't know why I thought that was like a saving money, but I would just get those every week because for some reason I just couldn't get myself just to buy the full size product. And yeah. your products were always included in them. And ever since then, I was like, oh, this cream. It was the Nutrient Day cream, not the tinted version, just the regular. And I was obsessed, oh. obsessed. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I was saying to my friend yesterday, I'm like, I don't even know how I ended up buying the $80 full size in college because I had no money to even just buy the $25 oh. gift bags. And when I got it, you probably have heard the story, and it shattered the, the oh. day I got it. Like, the week I got it, I was like, Oh my God, beside myself, but now I have oh, a whole collection and I am still I so that. obsessed. That's amazing, especially for a college student. That's it's phenomenal, and I and honestly, I love Indy Lee so much. She's a friend. I've known her for years, and I love Folane. They are such incredible people. So that's awesome. You discovered us. Yeah, I know. It's just so funny how I like got to know all these brands, and now we're talking. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to hear more. Oh. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. So real quick, then I finished with Vital Bomb Cream because you have to lock in all of the actives and the hydration and everything with Vital Bomb Cream, the most popular. This is top selling moisturizer at all of our retailers. And, you know, it's phenomenal. I wanted to create a, bomb, a, a moisturizer that was thick. And back when I created this, people didn't really believe in thick moisturizers. I really believe that this sort of paved the way for that. Um, so the Vital Bomb Cream, rich, occlusive, but modern, absorb, lock it in, and then I put Nutrient Day Cream on top. So that's my my oh, routine. That's a nice little sandwich. I'm going to have, like, when I go yeah. home, I'm going to add in <laughs> the <laughs> that little cream, the Bomb Cream. I love that because I yeah. really do feel like that one just locks it in without having to use, like, an oil on top. You know what I mean? Because some people lock yeah. it in with the oils, and I like that, but... Yeah. That cream is just, it's in between being like that oil, but just not, I never feel yeah. greasy after. I never feel like I can like wave off the oils on my skin. Yeah. Like right after you apply it, after it absorbs, it, it it works down into this beautiful matte moisturize without the greasiness, but but still keeping you know the oils and the lipids locked in. That's such key. And I always found that so many moisturizers were just too light, yeah. and so I wanted to create a thicker one. And um, and Vital Bomb Cream was that. And I really believe in stacking your moisturizers and just really keeping your skin locked so all that hydration stays in. So. Well, I want to know more about your background in beauty because I read that you started as a hairstylist. Yes, I did. Well, many, many years ago, I started styling people's hair when I was a kid. And that was really where I discovered that I had talent. And 
that really spoke to me in form. It was really formative for me at the time because um, I didn't really know what I was good at. And I was talented at doing people's hair and gave me confidence. And then um, I discovered skincare products at the body shop in the late 80s. And that just changed my life because of the gender neutral branding just made me feel invited and accepted. And those products were so fun and incredible. And then I went to beauty school and studied skin and hair in cosmetology school. And it was so exciting. And after that, I got out and I was apprenticing in spas and salons in Beverly Hills and, you know, really didn't have any money trying to make it. I was really super young. And um, really, the whole reason behind the line was because I couldn't afford to buy the products that I wanted. So I started making my own. Um, And that was my whole intention to make a thicker moisture. So I was making like beeswax and oil on my face. And then um, I slowly started building my clientele and they were asking what I was using and I shared it with them. And that's where I became very advisory and guiding them. But then that's really when it opened up to me, you know, the holistic aspect of skin health and beauty and wellness, which was like, you know, I knew all of my clients and I knew their stress levels. I knew their diet. I knew, um, all of the things that contributed to their beauty and their health. And that's what I started sort of testing on them was these different products and um, seeing what worked and what didn't. And over the course of five years, really developed my approach to skin, which was really advanced and intentional, and then launched my first product in 2009. In 2009. Wow. That's interesting to hear that you went from hair to skin, but it seems like skin was kind of always there. Yes. Well, the the funny thing about it is I was obsessed with hair and I wanted to be a hairstylist, but I was actually like so into skincare for myself even before that. So um, it was really about, and then when I launched the products, it's because I I launched skincare products first as a hairstylist. And that was just because, (laughs) yeah. And everybody (laughs) always thinks I started with hair, but I didn't. And it was really just my obsession with skincare for myself, which inadvertently caused me to launch a line and just throw myself into it over the course of five years, of course, of developing it and then building the confidence to feel like I was contributing something to the space. And back then there were not a lot of brands and there was before clean beauty green beauty it was before all the celebrity brands and so it was unique and you know done from the right place so of course no you can definitely tell that it was done from the right place so I was gonna ask you kind of I'll rephrase the question now um it seems like you found a hole in the market you were you didn't feel invited into skincare you felt like there wasn't a rich enough cream. Can you kind of go more into that and like what you felt was lacking in the skincare space when you first launched? Yeah, thank you. Well, ultimately, I think the best lines are created over time because experience and professionalism in the industry is something that is actually not really respected in the skincare industry as much anymore. I know there are estheticians and dermatologists, and yes, we all respect them, but people believe they can just launch a brand and have a skincare line and no experience in beauty. I would never do that because one, I wouldn't understand what I was doing or be able to educate people or be able to position the product or lead the brand. I would never do that. So doing this many years ago, I started with one product and with an approach and put it into one product, sold that to my clients, very small batch, sold that to my clients, put all the money for that into the next product. So really my point with this is that true collections are made over time. People don't want to take time anymore. They wanna be big and fabulous in a year and a half, two years. It doesn't work that way. You have to build your hours and your time and your love and your passion in an industry and 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 you have to and you have to you have to do that and um what what i did was put all of my knowledge and awareness into the next product and then i launched my cleanser in 2011 and at that point i took all of my knowledge that i was learning with my chemists about really botanical driven hair care and i released a shampoo in 2012 and every year all of the money bootstrapped into the next product and into the next product you develop your sense of what's missing so that you can actually put a product out 
that makes a difference and that people actually need and has a point of view versus just somebody giving you $50,000 or $100,000 or you're rich, a celebrity, and you have a bunch of money and you can just hire everybody to do it. Um, and then you create like a nine point collection. And it's just like, what is that really saying? You didn't develop the products, literally. You just had them made. And so that's where I feel like brands like mine really have a special place. And, you know, it, but from my perspective, sort of piggybacking on that, I saw what was missing because when I started making products for myself when I was younger, I started looking at ingredient lists and figuring out what was in it and what was working. And so then I built this idea of what I thought was better. Um, you know, however right or wrong I might have been at the time, um, I built my confidence in knowing um, that I had something to contribute. And so with the hydrating accelerator, I was like, people need to get water in their skin first. Water is chemically very different from oil. Oil's the moisturizer. You've got to trap the water in. And, and this action has to happen first. And all the estheticians I was meeting at the time were mixing their waters and their oils together. And I was like, no, they need to be layered separately. Um, and that was, I don't know, I'm just grateful for that because that's how I experienced it. And then um, moving forward with um, Vital Balm Cream, again, all of the creams on the market were like serums. They weren't binding enough. They weren't occlusive enough. And and I, my beeswax moisturizer that I made like in 2001, 2002, that was really uncomfortable, but really effective, um, is what gave me the confidence to go, no, I know that this is what people need and um, they don't know they need a thicker, richer, more occlusive moisturizer trap in their hydration, but I'll give it to them. And then once they use it, then they'll know. And so this is the process and it takes many, many years. And I, I think people are missing out when they don't want to do something slow and gradual and really become a professional and, and a pro in their, in their market when they just want to like be big and be in Sephora and then sell it for a hundred million dollars. It's like yeah. people don't know what they want. So anyway, no. that's my little. No, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I feel like I was talking to Coco Kind CEO Priscilla, and we were also saying like brands now, they just pop up. They pop up. They're perfect. It took, like you said, probably less than a year. And just to hear that you, every year you put out a new product based on like what you feel is lacking in the industry rather than just falling in line with Everyone's launching a hyaluronic acid. Everyone's launching a retinol instead of falling into that. And like you said, I think that gives you and other brands such a special place and sets you apart so much just because you can tell that there is work put into these and you put it out, you're educated. I uh, <laughs> People might not understand some of the ingredients of that, but you're so educated and you just put it in a bottle and you don't have to fix it. It's done. It's perfected because of your years of research and knowledge. And I think that really does Thank set you. you apart. And I loved Thank hearing you. that because celebrity brands, like you said, I mean, I talk about them all the time, but it's just like, some of them are great, but like you said, it's just, they just pop up. There's no thought right. behind them. And it's like, Oh, well right. she uses this. It's great for her. Okay. That's good. But I'd rather hear right. from her makeup artist or her esthetician or you, oh you, you know, rather 100%. than, this celebrity. That is so true. And that's when, why? Why? Because the makeup artists or esthetician are actually professionals in the field who've been doing this for 20 years, who are the ones who are educated and we've done this. So we, we have the knowledge base to share these products and it's different with makeup because I do believe it is like, you know, like Lady Gaga's makeup and um, Rihanna's makeup and things like that. It's like, yes, they're professional to a degree. And, but when it comes to skincare, like being a celebrity, who just loves skincare doesn't give you the um, the credibility to launch a brand. And I think a lot of them are really unaware of just how much work it takes to continue sharing creative approach and being inspired. Like I'm very inspired by product that's needed or necessary and how it works. And it, there's so much hard work involved and I embrace it um, because I know what comes out the other side, but I don't think they realize just how much hard work it doesn't stop. And you have to, and you continue it. And really, I just think they underestimate it. And I feel it's really reductive and as they sort of like attenuate the whole industry. Um, and 
you know, they reduce it in a way by saying like, oh, anybody can do it. I can, I can have a facial oil and um, have a cleanser and be like, this is how I use it. Well, that's not enough. Yeah. It, I also, I just hearing you talk, I'm like, maybe if some of these celebrities like went, went to school for a minute and like got an education as an esthetician, like they, they can find the time. I bet they could probably do it from home with someone. And I think that would maybe set them apart, not to give them any ideas, but like, I feel like that would at least make people respect the line more. And I think you're absolutely right. When you say like they reduce it, I feel like they just oversaturated it at this point. It seems like everyone's kind of sick of the celebrity brands right now. It was like a huge wave. And now we're like, so that's where I think brands like you were going to come in and be like, well, I've been doing this for years. I am educated on these topics, these ingredients and how they work. And I feel like people, I'd rather listen to you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And, you know, one of the things that I do say whenever I'm talking about the brand and is who came before me. And I mentioned the body shop, but, you know, I need erotic. And I also mentioned Dr. Hauschka and Evan Healy and John Masters and all these people that came before me that actually paved the way that were the, the OG sort of elevated green beauty brands that were really dynamic in the space that inspired me to do what I do. And they came before me. And I'm really grateful for them. And I always give them acknowledgement. But what I do found is that there are celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow. She doesn't acknowledge. They that, never do. You know, oh my God, not to interrupt you. you but know, they, like, when I was listening to you, I'm like, yeah. they never acknowledge like, well, yeah. I was inspired by this like, brand or I always used this right. brand and now I made this or this esthetician. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Like she, yeah, she doesn't like what None you could them. really do is say, wow, the the clean green beauty brands before me, which were Josh Rosework, Indy Lee, RMS, Tata Harper. You could acknowledge the people that paved the way for you to do this, but you don't. Yeah. And you know what? That's tacky and ungrateful. And I would never not acknowledge the people who came before me. And that's that on that, because I so. 100% agree. And like you said, it's just, it's so much work that I think that they don't realize. And especially you coming from scratch you started this from scratch and I remember I was watching when I was doing research on you you said in an interview kind of as a joke and you were like I was naive enough to start a brand and I kind (laughs) of want to ask you like because I almost experienced that with this podcast like you're you start it you're like oh it's going to be great I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and then you're in it and you're like oh no one realizes that like shift so can you kind of talk about the shifts in mindsets from going from excited to oh shit and then reassuring yourself that this is the right thing to do That is such a great question. You really do have great questions. And I knew I was excited for a reason to get on your podcast because it's all about that, the the right questions. And that's really important because when um, originally, you know, rewinding, I, I was making my products and I was feeling as though I knew what I was doing. I feel like I was understanding what my skin needed and I'd been to school, so I'd studied it. You don't learn a lot in school, but you learn a nice foundation. And then working in the industry and you see people's skin, scalp and hair every day, you give them recommendations and you learn what works and what doesn't. It really builds the foundation. So you have some confidence, but I don't, come from money. I have worked my way. I've worked since I was 14 years old and I have a really strong work ethic and the whole entire line is bootstrapped and it still is. It's self-funded and, um, and that's what it's about. But going back to that, um, I wanted to do it at a certain point when my clients were getting results for the at home formulations that I was making for them. They were telling me, you should release this. You should release this. And I started going, yeah, oh, I should. Okay. And then I started telling myself I was I was going to launch a skincare line because I had something of value that people needed. And it really came from a literal obligation almost because I was overwhelmed and I didn't have any money. And so I started like, what do you do? You start to try and find chemists because you have to elevate the product that you're making in your kitchen. You have to make it a professional legal formula that can be on the market. So I knew nothing, but I was reading everything and get my hands on online and books, do it yourself formulations, do it yourself. Beauty DIY was like 
not really quite a thing yet. Um, and so I was doing it and I was figuring this out and then I was taking my formulations and talking to natural cosmetic chemists. But what I found is that nobody would produce it at the small scale that I needed. And so it was overwhelming. Like I was talking to these manufacturers that were like, yeah, we, you know, they'll, they'll do 20,000 units. I'm like, I can't even sell 200. Yeah. So when you're making, when you're trying to do it on your own, you have to make things work. And this is where all of the fear comes up. What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I, I charged design work with a freelance designer to create a logo. And, you know, so I'm like, you're trying to figure out how to make this work um, before I even had the product producible, but it was my will. And this is what is really important to anybody who's doing anything. And you can sort of extrapolate this to any industry or any dream you have is that you believe that you can do it even when everything is telling you that you can't, even when you don't have the money, you tell yourself it will work out. It will work out. I will do it. I trust. It becomes a spiritual process to manifesting your dream because if everything that was facing me, it's like, no, you can't do this. One of my best friends at the time, um, I'll never forget this because it hurt me so bad is um, I was like, yeah, I'm starting a skincare line. And behind my back, he told a mutual friend, what the hell does Josh think he's doing? And that person told me that. And I was just like, what, what do you mean? What the hell do I think I'm doing? He thought I had, he's like, you know, nothing about how to create a product or how to launch a brand or anything. And I was just, it, it was, it also gave me the inspiration to move forward that the world's telling you not, I didn't have any money. Again, I was charging money on credit cards, but I just kept telling myself, I know this is meant to be, it's everything's going to work out. And then when you do that, you actually create an energy that then attracts the solution versus energizing the problem and then not getting a solution because you're attached to the problem, um, which is I don't have the money or I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was learning and I was developing it and I was reading books and I was working with chemists. So over the next five years, I launched a line or one product for a line, the beginning of it. And even then when I did launch it, I still didn't, I don't, I didn't know half of what I know today, but I stayed open and didn't lay down the dogma like always. Sometimes I did thinking that what I had to say was actually the truth when it actually might not have been. But I was smart enough to go, you know what? That's not true. And I've learned something different. You have to, and what I know now is you stay open. You stay open to everything. I feel today as though I know absolutely nothing as much as I feel like I know so much because you really have to be open and you can't become attached to what what you think works or what works or what serves your philosophy and um, really have to stick to science and research. And that's also what I really drove behind the brand for many years is going like research backed, well studied body of evidence behind these ingredients. And then it's about the formulation and them being professionally formulated. And that's kind of my long answer for that. But it's a it's a journey. So I'm so glad that I just love how real you are because even when you're saying still, you don't even know what you're doing. And I'm like, people will look at you. I look at you. And I'm like, he has his shit together. He knows exactly what he's doing. He has a successful brand. And I feel like people, when they're launching something, it could be a brand, it could be anything. They never talk about, I just experienced it like last week. It's like, they don't talk about like, what the fuck am I doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know anyone who's doing this. I don't have it. Like I barely have help. Yeah. And it's so hard not to fall into that because yes i mean i can't imagine how that must have felt hearing a friend clearly not a friend anymore say that no when not. you would think <laughs> yeah not great and not a friend anymore but it's like you would, i feel like that could be a setback for someone because you're like well if my friends don't believe in me like how is this going to go through but i definitely think that the power of manifestation is real and just centering yourself back and being like you know what tune it out Yes, it, and you know, it out and you're good. Yeah, Marissa, it's so important to have this conversation because if you really go back and look at it, yeah, it really hurt my feelings, but it really reflected my own self doubt. And if we see people like that 
not blaming them, but reflecting our own self-doubt, then it gives us an opportunity to clear it and then become more self-empowered because yeah, he was right. I didn't know all what I was doing, but I was a professional in the industry and I had been developing my own product and I knew enough to move forward. And that's still the thing. I feel like there's so much to learn that if you aren't always in a learning space, then you're only gonna limit yourself and you're only gonna be angry to some degree because everything is evolving. Science, medicine, environmental um, issues, everything, science obviously, everything is evolving. Why is skincare not evolving? We always have to stay open to, to the evolution of science and, and, and what it's presenting to us in true innovation. And I feel like an easy way for a lot of people is just to, is to feel confident, is to act like they have it all figured out and that's my point is that i have a lot figured out but i'm figuring it out always and um and we have to be okay with being wrong like i've been wrong so many times and my team calls me out on when i'm wrong and and like you got to realize that that i that when you the true success is the embracing of failure and i fail i failed over the years many times but it's that uh, is that we believe in our own ability to absorb that and become more. Yeah. You always have to have that little piece in you that just keeps you going. And like you said, recognize when you're wrong, recognize that sometimes when these people come to you, it's like almost like a sign and being like, is that what you think? Is that what you're thinking? And yeah, you have to address it and move forward. Um, I and, think, and, yeah. And yeah, and you have to, and you, like you said, you have to tune it out and you literally have to let it go out of your mind and go, no, I'm letting that go. People sometimes are always like, how do I let something go if it's in my head and it's attacking me, me with my own voice? How do I let it go? You literally have to say, I'm letting this go now. You know, you have to talk back to yourself and be strong, stronger than those voices that are not who we really are and that are just reflecting our weaknesses and insecurities and things like that and be able to just stand up to it and be stronger. But, um, and listen to your gut, you know, you got to listen to your gut. Are there any other times I was going to wait for this question, but I want to ask you now the no question, the, if someone's telling, you no, you're talking to the wrong person. It seems who would know that like you have went through these struggles and all that stuff. Has there any been, has there ever been a time where you were given a no about your journey of any kind and you're like, no, in my heart, I know I'm going to get this. Yes. And how did you get it? Oh, 100%. There were so many no's. <laughs> there's so many no's and there still is no, like, I mean, Instagram still won't verify me. And I've been written up in literally hundreds of magazines um, and we're trademark in 60 countries all over the world. And I, and I can't get verified. Like they just won't. And, and <laughs> as silly as that sounds, I've had to just let it go because it made me so, I'm like, I was written up in Vogue magazine, L beauty. I mean, Harper's Bazaar has given us awards. Like what do you have to be? And yeah. you know, so there's things where like, you're told no still to this day and you just have to swallow it and move on. And, you know, back when I was really a small brand with those two products, I think it was 2010, I needed money for the brand. And um, there was this investment, these two investment guys that thought what I was doing was really interesting, interesting enough to invite me to their office and let me pitch to them. And I just went, I gave them everything that I could. And like, they looked at me like, you're going to succeed, but we are not interested in being a part of it. And it was this weird, like, fine, you know, and you literally just pick up and you keep going and you just move on and keep focusing on the successes. And I always tell myself, like, when you're told no, you just say it's that that's not meant to be, or you'll get it in another way. And then you always do. And it's if the world gave us exactly what we wanted instant by just us wanting it and us not having to actually shift our mindset and believe in ourselves, we wouldn't learn a damn thing. And that we wouldn't be here. And we're supposed to learn that stuff. And it's really hard and it's really humbling, but it's supposed to be. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's a great answer. Just because the no's are inevitable and it's just how you get past it. And like you said, know that there's going to be a yes. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know from who, but it'll work out better than you imagined. 
Yeah, and you have to really be able to take the no and use it as inspiration to continue, not something that knocks you down and makes and reduces you. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like you just took that and you're so educated on ingredients, especially herbal ingredients. And can you kind of tell us like what drew you to using these natural ingredients? Because I don't really know how it was when you first started, but I feel like clean beauty, greenwashing, all this stuff is everyone's a skeptic and no one wants to touch it. But can you kind of like, how'd you get past uh, those no's? Why were you drawn to them? How did you push them even though people were skeptical? Well, your questions are so good again, because when I started with natural ingredients, they're fascinating. Yeah. And that's really what triggered me in the beginning. Of course, back in the day, it was the body shop and the early years of the body shop was very naturally oriented in terms of like the carrot facial cream and the blue corn face mask and the cucumber facial toners. Like it just resonated with me as something that was appropriate and nutrient dense and that would nourish my skin. It's simple as that. So when I moved into developing product, I, I wanted to deliver that, but I wanted to do it in a way that wasn't being done. And what we found was that when you pair specific anti-inflammatory and antioxidant rich herbs, herbs into a formulation at lower concentrations and more herbs, they synergize and they create a really diverse, unique herbal profile. And this is how herbal medicine works too. And what I've learned from natural, um, naturopathic doctors and from um, my friend Sandra Chu of treatment by Lanshin, working with um, Chinese herbs, with Chinese traditional Chinese medicine. Um, this is how a lot of times they work as well the body singularly herbs don't impact the body you know, or the skin the same way as they do when they're paired together and they synergize so that was my approach to the eating in the beginning because i thought that it was so exciting because i'd never seen that in skincare before and lo and behold as we developed it the cacao mask in the very beginning the the efficacy and the power of the product was just just tangible and so visible because of that. And that's what I knew I would do. And so I was like, I'm going to offer this nutrient dense base of all of these herbs that synergize and deliver all of this, um, the vitamins and the minerals and the amino acids and fatty acids, all the good stuff that's thinking of it as a base of all of my products that now I incorporate into that base of, of rich in-house made botanicals, biomimetic actives, retinoids, vitamin C, cutting edge cosmetic actives to create this beautiful combination of botanicals and biomimetic cosmetic actives in a sensorial experience. That's what I've created now. Um, and then it's what was missing. And what drove me was like the excitement of being able to offer herbs in this way as a base, because how much better is it to have a base of skincare that is chickweed, bilberry, stevia, sage, goda cola, ashwagandha, green tea, all of these powerful herbs and all the nutrients that they contain as the base instead of just water you know <laughs> why not have a so that was my approach in the early days was like i want to create products and it wasn't like green products or specifically natural it was like why not i want to create skincare products that are a complete base of nutrient density and that automatically when I developed that ruled out the use of a lot of the ingredients that are like no ingredients on the clean world because I was just choosing to use the nutrient dense ingredients and fill the space of the formulation with all of that goodness and so then as clean and green came up of course I was like well yeah my brand is clean and of course yeah my brand is is green yeah. um the epitome of that um and and then there we have that's kind of that that's kind of how it worked yeah no it's interesting I'm glad that you brought up some things because first I love how you have that it's such a different base and I saw another interview that you did it was just talking you were talking about fillers and stuff and I feel like so many brands so many people I would say just on TikTok from my experience like will defend these filler oh it's just a preservative oh it's just this it's just that you don't have to use it. You don't use it. I can name five brands that don't have to use it. And I just think it comes down to like also celebrity brands and money and stuff like that. It's just the cheaper way out. Yeah. It seems like. You know what it is? I'll tell you what it out. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It is. It's an easier way out. You're exactly right. And it's an easier way out because of this. It's a different approach. The way I've worked with me and my chemist is a different approach to looking at the formula and you have to work harder because it's not as if their fillers and emulsifiers and preservatives aren't necessary. Um, there are even natural preservative systems that require 15% in a formulation. I'm not going to use those one because those natural preservative systems don't, all, they're, they're doing the same thing. They're killing bacteria. They're destroying bacteria. So they're doing the same thing, whether or not it's a natural origin or bio-derived like that, or it's a synthetic preservative. Um, they're all doing the same thing. Um, and, and with that, those ingredients sort of that can take up more space and that haven't been as well studied as some of the older preservatives that have been on the market for 50 years and we know they're safe and reliable internally and topically. I don't want to use that, but so why would I take up 15% of my formulation with a preservative if that's the case with some of these um, with some of these that are in there, even, you know, even if it's not even that much, but it's even 5%, um, there's space in there that can be used for the benefit and the result, you know? And then, so if you're looking at like, say my chemists would look at preservatives and emulsifiers to this degree. Okay. If we use less emulsifier and we use a physical emulsification, like we do with the vital bomb cream, if we use a physical emulsification combined with, um, you know, not that, emulsifier that everybody's using in the clean beauty market, we actually have more space for actives and benefits. And so this takes a different approach and it's more thoughtful and it requires wanting to do something better and different when it would be so much easier just to use that emulsifier and move on and make the formulation and launch it. Do you see yeah. what I mean? And you can't put all this on the bottle. And that's why I like, I mean, your questions are so awesome, but being able to share it is so great because you know, people don't know. People don't know that. And it's interesting to hear just because I don't really know concentration levels and all that stuff, but it's interesting, interesting to hear that it could take up 15% of a product or 10 or five. That's, that's a big yeah, chunk. That's to a lot. You know what I yeah. mean? So what am I putting on my face? Am I putting on an emulsifier or am I putting on <laughs> products that are ingredients that are actually going to get deep in there and make a difference? And once again, I think that's just another thing that makes you stand out is having some people get like nervous with the long ingredients list, but it's packed with good things it's packed it's not yes. a long ingredients list full of fillers and just let exactly and let me tell you one more really important thing about the long ingredient list like the herbal profiles yes. that you see as i was explaining the herbal ingredients and how they synergize and all that what's really important is that here's the deal you can be allergic to anything in particular you can be allergic to any nut or seed oil you can be allergic to any preservative, whether it's synthetic, lab made, um, whether it's, you know, um, or it can be aloe water you can be sensitive to. So given that, the way people we've noticed over the decades of doing this is if you have more herbal extracts in a lower concentration, which creates that beautiful profile that's synergistic in one benefit, you also benefit because people aren't going to be sensitized by any given singular ingredient as much because there's a lower concentration somebody i've been in many uh, masterclass workshops where people have been like oh i can't use this there's um ginger in it for example and i'm like it's okay you won't you'll be fine you'll be able to use it and they're like really they use it right in front of me and they're like wow i am fine why i'm like because this is part of the design so that people don't have an allergic response so that it's more conducive to all skins and all people and that's one of the thoughtful ways that you work by working with an herbalist for decades and how to do it right but it's not just for that in like many products you see they just have you know a couple herb they have like three or four herbs and um and that could usually can be not always but it could be in a higher concentration which causes somebody to possibly be sensitive to it because it's in a higher concentration another thing that i think kind of sets you apart other than your knowledge on ingredients is your marketing because not I mentioned earlier how you don't really fall into the trends where it's like what was it last year I feel like everyone came up with the hyaluronic acid like that was or maybe two years ago I don't know when it was but that was it like everyone's hyaluronic acid now I swear I'm seeing retinol everywhere in Sephora what makes you not fall into those because 
obviously you're, you can make money if it's a trending ingredient, but what makes you say no? Like I'm putting out this because why? Well, here's what I think about that. Of course, another incredible question. Um, and is that the smarter thing to do is not to go with the trends because you're going to stand out. And it, I don't do that intentionally either. I'm just in my own lane of knowing what my collection needs and or my customer. My customer is a bit different, but then every product you create, if it's an exceptional product, it will cross over into other markets, whether it's the natural or the clean connoisseurs or conventional beauty. I love it all. I think of myself as a uniter of all, whether, um, you know, I believe in natural beauty and I believe in guasan, I believe in physical manipulations in plants and herbs, but I also believe if you want to get Botox and filler and plastic surgery to feel better about yourself, I think you should do it because it's all beauty. Um, so I'm really believe in accepting all approaches to beauty um and when it comes to being trends like i feel like i've always been ahead of it so i can't really capitalize on it as much unless i was to kind of pull up more marketing about some of the products like for instance when i launched vital bomb cream in 2017 um the idea behind it it's a barrier balm it's a barrier reinforcing balm and i wanted to call it barrier balm or barrier protection balm um but it wasn't that great of a name i don't like the word barrier and i don't like the word protection it sounds like you know undergarments it just it doesn't sound good so i was like no give it a beautiful name vital it's vital because everyone needs barrier protection but that was the idea it's about supporting the barrier and now barrier health and um you know everybody's that's the trend yeah. and so i'm like oh you know we did that years ago and like you know uh Hydrating accelerator, like hydration, it's imperative. And we paved the way years ago. Um, retinoid, we launched our active infusion oil like three years ago. And, you know, I always wanted to do a retinoid um, and it was on my plan. And it, I actually in my market, which was green and, and clean, people were still not super keen on retinoids. And I actually launched it and had to make them, not had to make them okay, but like had to I helped make them. Yeah. Okay. I had to, yeah. <laughs> I, I let them know. I'm like, no, retinoids are one of them are the, is probably the single most well-studied ingredient in all of cosmetic science for going on almost, you know, 80 years. But with that trends, I really just do believe that if you're following trends, you're always going to be behind and you're going to look like a follower as a brand. Yep. When I launched the cacao mask in 2009, nobody was using cacao, not in a mask. I, I looked everywhere online in 2005, 2006. Nobody sold any skincare product that I know of. And if you know of it, then please correct me. But nobody sold anything with cacao. I was like, this ingredient is incredible. It is filled with flavanols. It is filled with antioxidants that are so powerful for the skin. And actually the actual raw material of cacao is pH balanced in alignment with the skin. I'm like, this is an incredible ingredient. So I launched the product. Um, and then you'll see like now in from 2013, 2015, 2017, people, everybody uses cacao or cacao extract. And so are you going to follow trends and keep trying to you know hope that people see you within all of the other sea of products or are you going to just actually have your own point of view and put out a product that is great so i say trends are dumb i agree and everything's said everything's been said already you know yep no and i think that definitely makes you a leader just not following trends you already did it you already had the research you did it when no one wanted it and i think that's once again another thing that makes you stand out and it, like you said, I don't think that following the trends makes you stand out at all. And, and that goes with my content. It makes me think sometimes I'm like, well, am I too harsh? Am I this, that, and the other thing? But at the same time, like, I don't look at anyone else. I don't care what they're doing. If they want to do their thing, they can do it. But I just think that there is so much more in just being different. And people will see that. Um, yes. And you're also different kind of like in the in your marketing. Because I remember you said once in an interview, I've creeped you really hard. Um, <laughs> like not to be weird. I'm honored. Oh my God. Well, you were saying like the beauty brands are lying to you. Like the, they market a problem that's uh, something that's broken that doesn't need to be fixed or they're targeting our insecurities. So when you launch a product, how do you avoid that? 
kind of coaching, I would say. I, oh, that is, oh, your podcast is amazing. You are like, you are such a great interviewer. You really are. Um, I've, been, I've been on a lot of podcasts and it's, this is awesome. I'm so excited for you. Oh um, wow. Yeah, it's true. Um, but how do you do that? Well, you have to be very thoughtful and you have to work with professionals who also have that integrity. And I have a product development assistant who works with me and um, she's an environmental scientist by trade. And I've been working with her for many years. And um, I also have, you have to really be in tune with your marketing department. And yeah, I have a marketing department. It's one and a half people, it's not. <laughs> but um, they have to really understand and respect the education and how to follow through the integrity of the brand and, and not misrepresent. At the end of the day, yes, in order to have a brand of this size or any brand, you have to sell it in order to stay in business. So, but you've got to make sure that your desire to sell it doesn't become vapid um, because you do have to sell it, but you have to stay in, a, in alignment with knowing that you have to speak the truth to sell it and not lie or lie or tell mistruths or exaggerated marketing claims. We're really good about pulling back marketing claims because you really just can't do that anymore. And it's also not true. Um, you know, there are, there are so many studies, but you, but you have to reference the studies and separate from your products, but I'm getting a little bit off on this, but how you do it is you get very, you get very clear about knowing that about just get very conscious about um, about not overselling or exaggerating or lying to get a sale. Um, here and it comes from a lot of different things, but one of the places it comes from for me is that in person, I don't feel like I have to sell you the product. If you don't want to buy it, I don't care. I know what product you need and that will benefit your life because I believe in the value and the worth and the efficacy. So I'm going to tell you what is going to be really good for you and you're going to be really glad you purchased it. Um, but you don't have to buy it. I don't care if you do. So I'm not going to sort of manipulate you and lie to you to trick you into buying it. And, you know, it's ethics. It's ethical. It's, ethics. it's being ethical. And it, I, people drop their ethics when it comes to business because they think that it's okay or that everybody else is doing it. Exactly. And, you know, wrong doesn't make a right. You know, yeah. No, yeah, so absolutely. It. Because, I, like, I have to bring up celebrity brands again, but I just feel like they're they are what sells the product. It's not like you said. You can back it up by ingredients. You can back it up by what you know you need just by hearing someone's skincare concerns. And it's it is almost like tricking people when you see. I don't want to name names, but we'll just say Gwyneth Paltrow, like her using her own thing. Well. Well, Gwyneth uses it, so I bet it's good. Like they're not, yeah. there's no thought back, like backed into right. their marketing. And I, like you said, I think it goes back to ethics and morals and who you are as a core of a brand, and it shines through no matter what. Um, Thank you. And you know, yeah. you really have to. You have to care about the consumer. And I feel like one of the things that we've always done is I've spoke to the intelligence of my consumer. I believe in people knowing what is best for them and what is of value and worth and they can touch, feel, see it, and that they know. And people that don't believe in the consumer's intelligence will try and trick the consumer. And that is just offensive. So I, I why would you want to buy product from somebody that actually thinks you're stupid? stupid. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, just, just by like having like an, a degree in marketing and PR, it's absolutely that they think you're stupid. And yeah, I'd rather a brand think that I'm smarter than that. <laughs> so. Yes, and I do. And I really do yeah. believe that people are smart and especially, you know, people who want better ingredients and elevated formulations and really believe in companies that contribute and give back and have causes and that we do the right thing, that we're doing this for the right reason. And it's the only way I can do this. It's the only way I can talk about it and continue and wake up excited to do stuff like this every day is because of that truth and that I believe in what we're doing and, and that it's, and that it's and that it's helping people in some way. And um, and I just want to continue to do that and I'm grateful to do it, so. Yeah, no, and 
Another point I wanted to bring up too, you mentioned it earlier, how like celebrities can just pop out a brand and you want to be at Sephora, you want to be at these big retailers. So your products are still carried at big retailers, Credo, the Detox Market, those are great places. Can you, is there a reason why you're not at these other bigger retailers? Okay, that's a great just, question. Yeah. Of course, here we go. Here we go. Listen, as, as, we, as we were just talking about all, the things that make us who we are and differentiate us and how I express them all from our in-house meat extracts to our de the development over 20 years, all of the integrity-driven aspects of a brand like ours and the quality and the uniqueness and how it's made, it's all more expensive. It's all more time-consuming and doesn't necessarily mean that I get to charge a lot more for it either because people still have to access it. You realize that you're supported in certain retailers because they value your approach, who you are, what you've done, where you've been, how you do it, how you source. Organic farms on the West Coast, in-house made extracts, they appreciate these things that make you special, different, and full of integrity and standards. And so they give you the space. Credo gives you the space for that. Detox Market gives you the space for that. Shop Good in San Diego absolutely gives you the space for that. Folane did before they moved on um uh, alia beauty in um charleston denver and, and um raleigh um beauty heroes they give you the space for that they honor that so it's about our stories and who we really are and being appreciated and elevated when you launch an ulta like we did because we are a brand that needs to explore things in order to know what's right for you like everyone should do it's never um just a hit out the door. You've got to try different things and things don't work. As I was talking about, you know, the great failure to succeed. I fail way more than I succeed. Um, and Ulta, I think was one of those as well. We launched in a hundred Ultas on a little end cap called conscious beauty. And, you know, we thought, let's see how it goes. Ulta does not care about all of those things. I just said, they don't care about our story, our efficacy, our integrity. They want us to sell. The staff in the stores don't even know who you are. They don't even know your product is in the store. There's no way to afford the amount of brand representation in those stores to get people to understand it. So it doesn't serve special brands like ours to be in Zephora. If I was in, and, and that's why we say no now. We're pulling out of Ulta and we've turned Zephora down many times over the years. They wanted, they were interested back in 2017, 2018. 18 and we said no 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 now i don't even think they approach us anymore but we wouldn't do it because it's too expensive and they don't it's not the right venue or the right retailer to channel it's not the right channel to share who we really are to grow and so we'd rather just do it with the people who really appreciate who we are and what we do that that is so interesting because i feel like really any Anyone with a business would be like, I want to be in Alta. I want to be in Sephora. I want to be in these big retailers. Because they don't know money. what they want. But they don't, A, they don't know what they want. B, it's interesting to hear that like these big big retailers kind of look at you as a dollar sign. They don't look yeah, at you do. as a core. And No, they don't want to grow with you. They don't want to yeah. nurture you. They don't want to help you grow. They just want to make money off you now. And they will charge you back like all of their discount. They will overly discount your product. They will charge, wow. make you pay for it. They will send everything back. They will hurt small brands because they don't care how much work it takes for small brands to be in a big retailer. They will build you back i have founder friends who were charged eighty thousand dollars from their partnership with zephora or not zephora ulta and they're still paying that bill because they can't pull from zephora because they owe them money and you know we had a situation where um you know, Ulta charged us back money and, because we changed the sizing of a SKU and they charged us like thousands and thousands of dollars. And thank God we could absorb that, but it didn't help us and it didn't make us want to stay in this retailer. So it's dangerous for small brands to get into those big retailers. And if that's what you think you want, you don't know what you're doing. And I would suggest another industry or another career path because you're going to learn the hard way. Wow. That is, that's insane to me that that's just tea. I'm, I'm just so like taken aback just cut, to hear that. It that is, is cutthroat. It it's is cutthroat. Cut and it's interesting that like, 
I mean, someone like me, I would think like, oh, well, putting him in this store, you would think would accelerate the brand and make it big. And it sucks them no, dry and, in a way. And, and when you have and when you have people talking about you and like, you know, people know about like a lot of people know the hydrating accelerator. Um, but if we were to have our products, you know, in the store, they don't it's not famous enough. Like it's, it's not known enough. And then if it is known, you still have to get the employees and the team incentivized and talking about it. And the amount of support that goes into that is really, really expensive. And if you have that capital to dump into that sort of a project, that's great, but it has to work because if it doesn't, it can actually take you down as a brand. And it's not worth the risk, especially from my experience, knowing the types of retailers like Credo and Detox and shop good and beauty heroes that actually elevate us and celebrate us for this integrity and standard and ethics and sourcing that we do. And so, you know, I don't need to learn that lesson again. That's for sure. No, absolutely. And I think that just shows that you know your value and you know your brand extremely well. And it just is evident that there's so much thought that goes into it because like I said, anyone would take advantage of just selling in a store and being like, well, whatever, like, that's what I want to do. And you're like, no. And I, yeah. I definitely and agree. You know, yeah. And the other thing to remember too, is that once you get into the door and you're in retail, whether you are, you know, selfless by Hiram or you are us, or you are, you know, somebody in Sephora's clean beauty section. Um, and, and you're more of an unknown brand or whatever, <clears throat> That's where the work begins. You have to have, you have to be able to train and inspire people to sell it by the truth. And um, and it takes a lot of work and you have to pound the pavement. I've been doing in-store trainings for, you know, I started for 10 years now. I did my, I trained my first physical retail store account. It was an account in Toronto, Canada called Husk. They're now closed, but I trained them. It was my first store. It was in 2013 and I did an hour long training and I still go in and do the trainings at Detox Market and Credo and Shopgood. I go there to all these places because that's how people really get to know the brand and they respect it. And you know, even if it wasn't the founder doing that, you have, it's something that never ends. And it's something that you have to continue to do. And you have to be inspired as a brand to inspire the people to sell it. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for doing the work. (laughs) Thank Thank you you so much for coming on and giving us so many valuable pieces of advice. Um, I love talking to you. I loved learning about you. That's really all I have for you. Honestly, I could be here for four hours with you. I enjoy it so much. And honestly, this is one of my favorite podcasts. You are incredible and your questions are phenomenal. And I'm so honored that you love the products for so long and have shared about them. Thank you so much. That's such a nice compliment. Thank you. That means so much to me. And I'm so excited for people to hear this. And thank you to anyone who listened.